Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly forecast for the week of August 26th through September 1st. Uh, in addition to a new moon this week and Mercury ingressing into Virgo, this is the everything trines Uranus week. Um, we're going to be seeing a, a number of trines to Uranus from all of the planets that have recently ingressed into Virgo. Um, so that's something to, to keep an eye on this week, and we'll talk about that as we go through our video. Um, we've got a Venus trying to Saturn, uh, retrograde Saturn, uh, at the end of the week as well. So uh, the kind of you know, aspects we're looking at are the trines to Uranus, uh, Venus trining Saturn, a new moon in Virgo in the first decade of Virgo on Thursday, and, uh, and then, um, what's the last thing? Oh yeah, and then the Mercury moving into its domicile and exaltation of Virgo. Interesting little quirk there with the essential dignities where um, Mercury in Virgo has both uh, domicile rulership and exaltation. So really powerful Mercury um, going to be happening towards the end of the week. Okay, let's dive right into it. Let's talk about our essential dignities here. So the sun has moved into the first decan of Virgo where it has uh, dignity by decan or face. Um, so we've moved out of our beautiful Leo domicile triplicity rulership and uh, the sun's lost a little bit of dignity, but it still has dignity by face and also it's going to be in its own, uh, in the terms of Mercury and it's not in its own terms, but it's in the terms of Mercury. And uh, one of the things we're going to see as we go through the week is um, our solar power is going to pick up a little bit as Mercury uh, improves its own condition by moving out of the, the end of Leo and into the first decan of um, Virgo because Mercury is going to be in its own bounds and terms, and we'll talk about that, and its own domicile. So Mercury just gets a huge boost towards the end of the week, which is good because it's hosting or providing resources and setting the terms, really, for most of these planets that we have right now. Uh, we have um, the Sun, Venus, Mars, uh, the moon also later in the week uh, are going to be in the sign of the Virgin, Virgo, and really are going to be responding, I think, in a much uh, healthier way when Mercury improves his own condition. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, Jupiter, of course, is still in, the, in Sagittarius in the domicile of the centaur, in its own home sign and has triplicity at night. So if you're going to be doing Jupiterian things, uh, may have a little bit more wind in the sails in the evening. Um, retrograde Saturn is in its own domicile of Capricorn. So all the Saturnian things are, are supported for better or for worse um, because he is very strong in his home, in his home sign of Capricorn. Um, Mars doesn't seem to have much dignity this week. Uh, and yeah, it, it lost... Uh, its bound rulership as it moved out of Leo into Virgo. Um, of course, in the last few degrees of, of Leo, Mars was able to set its own terms and be its own kind of curriculum setter. And now it has to kind of follow the rules of Mercury. So th that's one of the things that is a main theme for this week is everything's kind of following Mercury's rules. And what kind of rules does Mercury want to set? Well, Mercury wants communication. Mercury wants um, to destabilize things. Mercury wants to divide things into categories. Mercury wants to uh, 
flit around very quickly from one thing to the next. Um, you know, Mercury is a is also representing merchants and people who want to learn things. So there may be skills that you need to learn uh, over the course of the next week or two. And Mercury is requiring that you become very skilled at what you're doing and and really figuring out what stays and what goes, especially in the sign of Virgo, which is all about the harvest. Okay. Uh, Venus is going to be in her own terms uh, from 7 degrees to 17 degrees of Virgo and have triplicity in the daytime. So Venus is the, the daytime triplicity ruler of the Earth signs. Of course, triplicity is associated with the elements. So Venus, despite being in her, her um, depression or in her fall in Virgo, okay, uh, is going to have some other mitigating factors that will help boost her effectiveness. Now, Venus is, this is not a happy Venus, though, because it's in its fall. It's in kind of the, the bottom of the wheel of fortune. Uh, it may be have difficulty creating harmony because it's uh, noticing all of the flaws and all of the little details that are, uh, you know, imperfect. And a Virgo Venus can be very particular about what it wants when in love or in relationships or in any part of your chart that is uh, hosted or ruled by Venus. You may be getting a little bit um, meticulous. And that can create some some uncomfortable feelings, uh, but you know, Venus being in her own terms is going to to help that. It's going to help uh, when a planet is in the terms of Venus. Um, you know, the etiquette that's being set is using good manners. Um, you know, creating beauty and balance, uh, trying to to harmonize through the way that we express our artistic sensibilities. So those are the kind of the curriculum that, that Venus is setting. And she's able to do that a little bit better when she's in her own terms there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the tarot card associated with the second decan of Virgo too, um, which is the nine of pentacles as we move further on in the, in the video here. Um, Mercury, as I've said, is going to be, is still in late stages of, of Leo at the beginning of this week but is going to be moving into its own domicile and exaltation uh, on the 29th. Uh, it also, when that happens, it's also going to be its own term. So it's going to have rulership by domicile, exaltation, and by being in, in its own term. So Mercury is really the focal point of the, the week. Um, besides all of our trines to a retrograde Uranus, Mercury is kind of the theme. And we're going to be really experiencing more of a mercurial energy, which is as I said, a little bit more fast moving, a little bit more flexible. There's a lot of flexibility that's being um, presented to the, the uh, planetary table at this point where we had a lot of fixed energy when things were in Leo, uh, where we may have been a little bit more set in our ways. Now we have to make adjustments. Um, the mutable signs are when we have a transition from one season to, to the next. So we're transitioning from the, uh, the, the heat of summer to the coolness of fall and and a lot of times you'll see weather patterns uh, being indicative of both seasons around this time as well. Um, out here in the, the Midwest, we're having a, a fairly cool kind of fallish type of day. And that's sort of the, you know, uh, the in indication that fall is on its way. 
it's not the end of summer necessarily. It's not, it doesn't mean we're not going to have any more summer. I mean, it is technically the end of summer, but we're going to probably have a few more hot days here and there, but we're going to see things starting to creep in with that fall weather. And this has metaphorical value too. We're going to see things starting to, to creep in with that fall season where we're preparing okay, for, for the, the colder days ahead. Um, we are figuring out and harvesting all of the things that we um, started doing and planting and growing over the course of the summer and figuring out what we need to store for the winter. Uh, and also that, that uh, helps us to realize what stays and what goes. Uh, we don't want to store the stuff that's rotting. We don't want to store the stuff that is, has no use or no purpose because we have to be really efficient as we go into the, the uh, fall and winter months. Efficiency is really the key with Mercury and, and with all the, the Virgo placements. It's not enough to be diverse when things are in Virgo. It's not enough to just learn something for the sake of learning it. What we learn has to be useful. What we learn has to be practical. What we learn has to have a place in our lives. So we're trying to figure out this week what the place, everything that we're learning and, and incorporating and digesting, because Virgo is associated with the intestines. What are we digesting in the life and what kind of nutrients are we pulling out of that and, and feeding whatever needs to be processed within the body? And it also requires some elimination as well. So it's kind of like getting rid of the crap, <laughs> literally. Okay, sorry. And then uh, keeping the, the vitamins that we need to feed our, feed our lives. Okay, so that's uh, Mercury in its own terms, domicile and exaltation. Uh, the moon is going to be uh, moving through its own domicile of cancer at the beginning of the week and has some rulership by face or decan in the last decan or last 10 degree section of cancer. So 20 to 30 degrees cancer, it has kind of a double whammy of good stuff going on. Uh, so lunar things are supported at the beginning of the week. Um, when the moon moves into Virgo, it has triplicity by night, and it's going to be having a host that is in pretty good condition, uh, with Mercury being you know, very strong at this point. So something to consider. Okay, well, let's dive into it. Also, what we're experiencing this week is a balsamic moon. I'm going to share my screen here, and we'll talk about that. Okay, you can see here that the moon is uh, at the beginning of the week is in Cancer, and it is, as it moves through the day, it's going to be moving within 45 degrees behind the sun. Okay, so we have this relationship here between the moon and the sun. And generally when it becomes, whoops, becomes 45 to zero degrees behind the sun, that's called a balsamic moon. And the balsamic moon is when it is... Uh, at the very end of the cycle, this is the dark moon cycle. This is when we can barely see the moon or can't see the moon at all. It's just like this dark sliver or becomes invisible. And we're processing everything that we learned from the beginning of this cycle, this last moon cycle. And we are kind of figuring out what stays, what goes, what we've learned from it, what kind of legacy we want to condense into the seed for the new start. Um, so the beginning of this week is going to be about kind of figuring out uh, what you learned from the last lunar cycle uh, that began uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, of course, we had the last new moon, the full moon cycle, the flowering. And now this is everything's fallen off the vine. We've gotten the plants starting to decay. And the seed is, is kind of uh, planting itself in the, in the fertile ground, going underground to get ready to germinate at the new moon. A new impulse will germinate. A new karmic cycle will germinate at that new moon. 
Um, but there are all these things are connected. So this may be, you know, the time to figure out you know, what you're going to be uh, bringing with you from the summer into the fall. And there are some feelings that may be of being a little bit out of sync with your life uh, when we're preparing for that new start. Um, it's, a, it's always a little bit challenging to let go sometimes of things. Um, but this is a, a time for distilling. Uh, we're distilling all the wisdom into that compact seed to be planted again. Um, this is a good time for making peace, uh, for, for kind of, you know, if you had some conflicts that came up in Leo season, maybe it's time to move forward and move past it so you're not carrying all that baggage with you uh, into the next uh, season or the Virgo season or, or the next moon's, lunar cycle. Um, yeah, you're, you're always going to feel a lot lighter if you aren't bringing physical and emotional baggage with you. So Virgo season is not necessarily just about getting rid of the tangible things. This could be about releasing old thought patterns and old uh, emotional things that we're hanging on to that no longer really serve us and aren't really, you know, contributing to our day-to-day life. So that's something to look out for with the uh, the balsamic moon phase that's going to be pretty much active up until the Friday new moon. I said the new moon was on Thursday earlier, but the, it's actually very early in the morning on Friday. Um, but we're going to be feeling... The, a, a build up to that or, or or maybe even like a let go to that i don't even know if it's build ups to new moons it's kind of like releasing to new moons right okay so at the beginning of the day here let's talk about uh some of the aspects that we're seeing the moon's going to be making a sextile to mars um very early in the morning you can see that in my chart here it's already passed okay so moon and cancer making a nice supportive sextile uh, to Mars, and of course, sextiles are of the nature of Venus, so that's a harmonizing aspect where there's kind of a nice benefic support between one another. Uh, and, and anytime the Moon is activating Mars, this may be a nice little boost to our energy levels, to our abilities to take action, our abilities to um, you know cut the things out of our lives that we don't need anymore. With Mars's severing action, but in this case, uh, this may be helping to use the more positive qualities of Mars. Um, and using our ability to take action in a more productive way uh, when the moon is making a positive aspect with it. Um, the moon's also going to be sextiling Venus. Uh, you can see here that you know there's, it's the similar aspect uh, of the nature of Venus. So this is another boost for Venusian matters where it, it'll be a little bit easier to, to create um, some of the, the balance and beauty and harmony um, remember, the moon is something that brings things into form and helps them pass out of being. It's some of the things that, it's a manifester, it's a trigger. So when the moon is triggering these things, it's going to be bringing about some of the things that, that these planets signify. And, you know, Venus, of course, signifies, you know, relationships, uh, cleanliness, um, ritual, uh, the ability to harmonize. Um, so this may be a great time to just kind of clean out the the things in your life that you don't need anymore um conmari the crap out of your your uh, living space i know that one of the projects i have after i finish all my uh astrological duties today is to start engaging with a very cluttered attic um i've got some uh my new landlord's putting in uh insulation in the attic new insulation which is good it's a positive thing but there's a bunch of junk up there that i need to clear the path so for something good to happen, uh, which is probably going to happen closer to the, I would say, the full moon of this cycle, 
I've got to release some of the old stuff that may be blocking uh, the manifestation of that new energy. So that's something to keep in mind, especially with Venus things too. Venus, Venus is associated, one of the things that is, has been really helpful from my understanding of Venus uh, from a traditional perspective is Venus was associated with cleanliness. And I look to Venus now to see like, oh, okay, this is a really supportive uh, time frame for cleaning up the things in life. And especially when Venus is in Virgo, it, it's really able to get down to the nitty gritty and, and put the work in um, to, to cleaning up some of the, the, the excess. Uh, and I, I really you know, appreciate that about Venus now. Venus isn't just pleasure. and It, it, it of course, is those things as well. But, but having cleanliness and ritual as an as a additional um, signification of Venus uh, is very helpful for understanding what her role might be in our life. Okay, as we move forward through the day, the moon is going to be sextiling uh, from the opposite direction, Uranus. So this is one of our Uranian contacts for the week. Okay, so this is kind of like a, you know, two sextiles at once as we have Venus and Uranus being activated by the moon, kind of at the same time by harmonious aspects. So this is going to, you know, this is a good time to not only cl clean things out, but be innovative in the way that you're thinking about things. Like recognize that the things that you're taking out of your life are going to help bring that new start and are, are part of the Uranian restructuring of the way that you view your resources. I know for me in my attic, I have a lot of old things from my childhood up there. And um, everything has... <laughs> And this is probably going to be the difficult part of this because everything has sentimental value. And, and being a Cancer, Sun, and Mercury, everything I touch triggers these like, you know, flashbacks of memory. And sometimes it makes it very difficult to throw something out because what you feel like is that you're throwing out your history. And, you know, a lot of our Cancerian impulses, we get attached to our history. Um, what I found is useful for that if you're going through this yourself is take a picture of it. If I look at a picture of something, I don't necessarily have to have the physical object to, uh, to get that, that feeling, that little dopamine boost of memory, because um, that's really what it is. We're getting this nice feeling. And you know what? Sometimes there's bad memories associated with this stuff, and why would you want to keep that, those things? Um, yes, it's, under, it's important to understand your history and understand your story and where you've come from and where you're going. Um, but you've got a journal for that. You've got, uh, you know, other ways to see the timeline of your life. You've got astrology and things like that. So why keep all the junk? Um, and again, I love these videos because I, I tend to watch them myself <laughs> as I go through the week. This is almost like advice to, to yourself when you do these things too. Uh, my moon also being in Taurus, I you know, do get attached to the physical thing. Um, one of my, I would say, tendencies is I'll, if I like something, I'll, I'll wear it or keep it until it's threadbare. I'm doing that with a pair of shoes right now. I have a pair of shoes that I really love that I don't want to quite give up, but they're starting to get holes in the soles and it's starting to fall apart and it's time to maybe let them go and, and start something new. But for all the Taurus type people in your life, um, this might be a theme. <laughs> Maybe if they have a favorite thing, they're going to use it until it just completely crumbles into dust. Uh, that's what I've, I've noticed in my own personality and with some of my Taurus-inspired friends. Um, anyway, 
So that's going to be the beginning of the day. The other aspect that's going to be really important for Monday uh, is, and one of our main aspects of the week, is we've got Venus uh, is going to be trining Uranus. And that happens roughly at the same time we're going to be seeing these sextiles here. So you can see that Venus is coming into a nice supportive trine with the firebringer. And of course, trines are of the nature of Jupiter, Jupiter being the greater benefic, bringing good stuff into our life. It's a, it's a very harmonious and supportive aspect. And this may be, you know, the time to, like I said, create new systems. Um, you may be reviewing some old stuff uh, and you're figuring out what, what has worked in the past. And I, as I share this story of cleaning out the attic, I know that it's going to bring up uh, some review of my old life and whether whatever I'm keeping is part of my new expression or not. And that is really, I think that's really an aspect of this uh, retrograde Uranus here. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's a review so that we can move forward in whatever part of our lives that we need to. And Venus is going to be supporting that. Cleaning out the attics of our lives is going to be supporting that new start that we're, we're trying to get forth with Uranus in that Taurus-ruled area of the chart. Um, this retrograde Uranus has been active or is going to be active in the retrograde phase until January, until the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. So there's big, big astrological energy that is going to be coming in January um, with that conjunction. And this is a great time to just prepare yourself for that, for that new start, okay? And, and whatever, in, in whatever Taurus-ruled area of your chart, you've probably been feeling new impulses, but now is the time to really review. It's like progress report time. How is it really working out? How is this new expression of the Taurus energy um, working out for you? And how can you create more efficiency with Virgo? This, this Virgo season is all about efficiency. Um, I have three Virgo planets, and efficiency is, is a value that I sometimes take to extremes. Um, it can work against me at times, but uh, it is something that I really find joy in. Uh, a little personal anecdote. And my, the beginning of my Virgo season, when the sun ingressed, I received Benjamin Dyke's new book on a new translation, I should say, of Abu Mashar. And uh, it's, it's a book about solar revolutions and, and solar return charts and, and timing techniques from the traditional world. And I received that at the same time I got this um, mat cutting cat brush in the mail. And it was a good day for, for someone with Virgo placements. Because <laughs> Virgo, of course, is associated with small pets and small animals. And uh, there's nothing like getting a tool, something useful, that will help you to remove the inefficiencies and the flaws within your small pet, like a, like a mat cutting brush. Um, before, when I, was, I had these brushes that would pull at their hair and they'd get really upset and angry and it'd be this really difficult process. But now with this new fancy brush, it's very smooth. And you'd be amazed at what, um, when you take a task that had normally been challenging and you make it easy, how much stress that can take out of your life. So I think that that's one of the themes really of the week is how can you create more efficiency in your systems so that you aren't um, 
paddling upstream or against the current. Um, now it's a better experience for me and my cats. And that, that brings me a lot of happiness knowing that both of us are going to feel happier with, with uh, something, with a, with a task that needed to be done, but might not have been fun for either one of us. So think about the tools that you use this week. Is there a tool that you could maybe acquire that would help you get work done in a more efficient way? To me, that's worth the investment. Uh, if you're thinking about how to use your resources, allocate them towards things that will bring a little bit of usefulness into your life this week. So that's Venus trine Uranus. Uh, some of the other themes that I wrote down in my notes is we may see some relationship breakthroughs too. We may get in innovative with our relationships. Um, there may be some eccentricities that come up within your relationships. Uh, we may feel a little bit restless within romantic relationships. Uh, we may be craving a little bit of freedom with Venus uh, trining Uranus. Um, this is true for the week too. Freedom, creative freedom is a, is a theme for the week with all these other contexts. Um, one of the things that uh, Ren Butler said in his book was vivid colors and, and aesthetic breakthroughs. So think of like beautiful peacock colors with Venus, uh, you know, trining Uranus here. Now, I think some of that's going to be subdued a little bit with Venus in Virgo because Venus in Virgo uh, is not an ostentatious placement. Um, this is a place where Venus, I think, is going to be like a little bit more muted, uh, a little bit more like, oh, I don't want to be too flashy because I don't want to be presumed arrogant or presumptuous or too like ostentatious. Um, so, you know, there may be some innovations, but it may be quieter. I think that's kind of my, my feeling on how this is going to work out. Okay. As we move through the day on Monday, uh, we're going to see the opposition from the moon to Saturn at 14 degrees. And one of the things I'm doing here, just so you know, is I'm not necessarily advancing the chart each day to, to kind of increase some efficiency in these videos because it takes a little while to go back and forth and sometimes the annotate button doesn't work. Um, but you'll just have to trust me. There will be an opposition at 14 degrees of the moon and Saturn. So potentially another progress report uh, coming up in, with the Saturnian area of your life, triggering maybe uh, some limitations and be, having you become aware, aware of your limitations. Oppositions are, of course, of the nature of Saturn anyway. So, uh, at, you know, around the evening, 545 or so, we may be seeing some of the, after we've had the conversations of the trying to create the new breakthroughs, we may be learning about how they fit into the existing structures of our lives. I think that anytime we see these, these hard contacts with Saturn, um, we come face to face with either a, a constructive no or a limit that we have to work within, some sort of barrier or wall that we may be experiencing. And, you know, those can be healthy. Uh, if we have unlimited growth and we don't have structures to build within, that can be very chaotic. So bless Saturn for the, the, the beauty of boundaries that it brings to the table. Um, it may be a little annoying. It may be a little depressing sometimes if you're trying to make a new start and you come face to face with your own limitations. But that's part of being human. And that's part of the, the process that we're working through. Towards the end of the evening, uh, we are going to see uh, a sex, I'm sorry, a trine with the moon and Neptune. That's very late in the evening Eastern Standard Time. But this is a little bit of a dreamy influence. Of course, we've been seeing that happening um, 
regularly when the moon makes contact with Neptune and Pisces. So of course, we, we've been really riding the balance of the limitations that Saturn's been presenting in our idealism that's been very strong with Neptune and our sort of tendency to want to um, put on the, the rose-colored glasses and, and really dive into the illusion of Neptune. Neptune dissolves things. Uh, it, it, it requires faith. Uh, it requires a little bit of a let go and let universe or let God energy. Um, so there is this kind of like alternative thing happening with um, Saturn creating and dissolving structures and then Neptune coming in and just kind of creating mud out of the, the earth that is happening here. Um, so that can lend some confusion sometimes. It can also soften the, uh, all this earthy energy up a little bit. You know, if you are thinking about how you're creating growth, a little bit of water into the equation of all these earthy placements uh, is what we need to kind of create the proper environment for growth. So maybe dreaming a little bit uh, when we're trying to move forward is, is healthy and needed. I would say just don't get too uh, carried away with it. Um, you know, Neptune is retrograde right now still. So there is still reevaluations of how all of this fits into the grander picture and the greater scheme. And, you know, Neptune is uh, in the sign of Jupiter right now in Pisces. And uh, there's an expansiveness to this. There is a, a hopeful quality to it. So, you know, just like I said, it, this is a good time for dreaming, but dreaming uh, with one foot on the ground. That's Monday. As we move into Tuesday we are going to see a continuation of that balsamic phase, but the moon is going to be moving into Leo. Okay, In the beginning of the day, uh, about 5 a.m. or so, now in my chart it's already passed, but there's going to be an opposition between the moon and Pluto. Again, triggering that Capricorn area of the chart um, and that, you know, that whole Saturn south node Pluto type of I guess you'd call it a little mini stellium there. I don't think technically it's a stellium because I don't know if we include the south node in that, but it's a concentration of, of planetary and otherwise points in the chart. And, you know, we're bringing up all of the gunk from the, from the depths to be dealt with and seeing how it fits within the structures of our lives. Pluto, of course, is associated with kind of the underworld, with kind of a volcanic nuclear type of energy, uh, it also is very transformative uh, and, and deals with power dynamics. So there may be some sort of power issue triggered where you may feel a little bit of a, uh, you know, a challenge to the, uh, I don't know, maybe the more do domestic parts of your life are running into the uh, more public parts too with this Cancer Capricorn axis. You know, this is, again, this is hearkening back to that July energy that we experienced when all of the planets were moving through the Cancer Capricorn axis. Now, from my understanding, this axis, a lot of times opposites are concerned with a similar type of expression, but they're coming at it from different directions. And from what I've understood about this axis, it's, it's a little bit about security, okay? And cancer is coming from this from a domestic family orientated way from a, I'm going to collect around me, my crew, my team, my kin, uh, the people that I have some sort of shared root with, and I'm going to create security by, by insulating that within that domestic family sphere. Uh, 
While Capricorn is creating security through its movement generally out in society, through its, uh, through its community, uh, through its ability to ascend the mountain and its status, okay, its um, ability to create structure out in the world. So we, we, whenever we have this opposition activated, there's a little bit of conflict that can come in between uh, sometimes our domestic expression and our expression out in the world. So keep an eye on that uh, on Tuesday morning, very early, um, bringing up maybe some power dynamics that may feel a little bit limiting uh, with Pluto opposite the moon. Uh, as we go forward in the day, the moon is going to be moving into the sign of Leo and uh, you know, continuing its balsamic phase. Now, not a whole lot of aspects on Tuesday besides this opposition very early to Pluto. So this may be a good time to just get down to business without the planets kind of you know, getting involved with all this. Yes, we have you know, these trines still active from everything uh, in Virgo, but we're not going to have anything perfect besides that Pluto-Moon opposition in the beginning of the day. Okay, as we move into Wednesday... Let's see what happens when we move into Wednesday. So we move into Wednesday. You see that we have the moon is in Leo. Uh, and we are going to be seeing a square to the moon to Uranus. And that happens around 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. Okay, And of course, squares are the nature of Mars. So this is a, a challenging aspect where we may have some conflicts. We may have some some uh, differences of opinions that come up in, in the Leo and, and Taurus ruled area of our life. Uh, we saw, you know, when all the planets were moving through Leo over the course of August and late July, we, we saw these squares happening with all of the other planetary dynamics. And now the moon is going to be taking its turn making that square. So it may trigger some unexpected events that you may have to deal with some sort of challenge in those two areas of your life. Uh, this could, again, trigger issues of of uh, authority and how to use resources in, in relationship with authority. And I, I say that because the sign of Leo is, is ruled by the sun and the sun is, it has a commanding authoritative energy to it. So there's something where we might be experiencing a little bit of a conflict with an authority figure or something like that. Uh, we may have the issue of pride and stubbornness coming across, you know, a, a desire to do something a new way, but we may be fixed in the old way of doing things. Um, so just on Wednesday morning, uh, very early, be, be aware of that as you move through your, the beginning of your day and try not to get too fixed in your position um, because it's going to be creating some tension in your life if you get too, too entrenched in your, in your uh, personal subjective opinion or position. As we move forward through the day, uh, Mars is going to be making its trine to Uranus. I'm telling you, everything trying Uranus. <laughs> so Uranus is really a highlight this week. Um, so we've got now Mars trining, okay, in the nature of Jupiter at six degrees of Virgo and six degrees of Taurus. And this can really give us an energetic boost. Um, Mars wants to take action. Mars wants to have courage. Mars wants to be active. Mars wants to, uh, you know, do something. And this may encourage us to really take a, an innovative action. 
Uh, we may feel really electric. We may feel very yang with the yang, yang with this. Um, even though that the Mars and Uranus are both in yin signs, we may be taking action, maybe maybe even behind the scenes a little bit. It may be not super public. This may be an in, more of an internal feeling where we're like, oh, I have to do this or I, I really need to make this change. Um, it may be the kind of influence that helps you make the change that came up when you did some reflecting when the moon was in cancer. Um, you may get a rush of energy. Uh, there could be a, an urge to take uh, an action that brings you greater freedom in your life. Um, maybe something where you feel an adrenaline rush or something like that. Uh, so, so be aware of that. That's happening around, oh, I don't know. When is this perfecting? Well, this is going to be active for most of the day because Mars doesn't move super fast. Um, but just keep an eye out on that. You can see it's almost exact at 7 a.m. here. Uh, so that's going to be one of the things to keep an eye out on Wednesday is that that particular aspect is going to be perfecting. Um, the other thing that's going to be happening is the moon is going to be making a trine later in the evening to Jupiter. Okay, so you can see the moon in at 14 degrees of Leo is going to be making a trine with Sagittarius at 14 or 15 degrees here. It's almost into 15 degrees. Um, so that may give us a really hopeful energy. We may be taking action with some very detailed things in our life and bringing some practical, practical energy to the table. And that may really give us a boost in feeling pretty good about ourselves and our sense of identity with the moon and Leo and with our hopefulness and our optimism towards the future with Jupiter and Sagittarius. Jupiter and Sagittarius loves to see the big picture and the vision and, and how it all fits together. Now, there's a little bit of a, a, a conflict happening this week by a whole sign with all these planets in Virgo and with Jupiter and Sagittarius. Uh, there is a square that's happening by a whole sign. None of these things are perfecting quite yet um, or becoming exact, but we may be starting to see a little bit of tension coming into the mix with how we are playing out the, the tiny, small details of our vision and, and how they fit within the, the greater picture. Um, so just be aware that that may be a tension that is just an underlying feeling that we may be experiencing over the course of the week. The other thing that's happening that's just kind of an uh, underlying energetic you know, principle here is that all of these Virgo planets are going to be opposing Neptune um, in Pisces. So this is kind of the, the, this T-square energy of you know, how does it fit into the vision? What is the reality, Virgo, versus the ideal Neptune in Pisces? And how does it all fit into, how do we create a plan that we can, you know, take action on out in the world? Um, so it, this is a lot of mutable energy in the sky, too. This is, there's a lot of changes happening right now, and we're being required to be very flexible. I think that's the real key is you know, the flexibility. How can you allow new ideas to come in without getting completely fixated on the old way of doing things? Um, okay. So that is Wednesday, the 28th. As we move into Thursday, Thursday, August 29th, uh, the moon is going to be in Leo, but it is moving into Virgo uh, around 8 o'clock p.m. or so. And our good friend... Mercury is going to be shifting into Virgo, which is a very good thing. Um, this is going to alleviate 
a lot, I think a lot of the, the tensions that we're feeling at the beginning of the week, um, because Mercury is the host or the ruler or the steward of Virgo. And when a planet comes back to its own domicile, it is able to provide resources for the other planets that are traveling through or making a pit stop in its home. Now, at the beginning of the week, Mercury was what was called an aversion okay, to all of those planets. It was not able to witness them through a whole sign aspect. Uh, that was a problem. At uh, the beginning of the week, we may not be able to get the resources we need to take all the actions that we want to take. Now, when Mercury moves into Virgo, all of that changes. Mercury gains an enormous amount of essential dignity by being in its own home sign because Mercury has kind of this double whammy of domicile and exaltation. It's also going to be in its own terms at the beginning of the week too. So it's going to get to set the own, its own agenda. Uh, our, our thinking might get clearer. We may really start to get epiphanies that happen uh, in all these different areas of our life because we have these um, all of these planets in Virgo, many, many areas of our life are going to be connected to this Virgo energy because each of these planets minus the sun is responsible for two other houses or places in the chart. So Mercury is going to be responsible for not only the Virgo area, but the Gemini area. Okay. Mars is going to be responsible for both your Scorpio and your Aries house or place, okay? Venus is going to be responsible for your Taurus place and your Libra place. So one house is distributing energy for at least one, two, three, four, five, six different areas of your life. So all of these things are kind of mashed up in this like Virgo soup, and it's going to have an effect on many different types of things that you're trying to achieve all at once. And some of this is really, you know, this is the time uh, over the last few weeks, different schools have been starting, all of our schedules are changing, and that really does have an effect. When you're going back to school, uh, that changes your dinner plans, that changes how what time you have to get up in the morning, that changes your routines. All of these things are kind of, you know, married together. And they're all sitting at the table now with Mercury. And at the new moon on Friday morning, the moon's going to trigger all this stuff. So Friday is really a big day. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but uh, the other thing that's kind of neat about this Mercury being in Virgo is Mercury is said to be in its chariot. And that is a, a traditional concept where a planet that has dignity like domicile or exaltation or things like that is going to uh, sort of be shielded from the beams of the sun. So right now, Mercury is within 15 degrees of the sun under the beams, but when it moves into its own domicile, it is said to be in the chariot. And that's a protective. Chariots in ancient times had these like awnings on the top of them to protect whoever was in there from the, the beams of the sun. So that's where that kind of concept comes from, is like you've got this, this nice umbrella shade now 
that allows mercury to kind of do more mercurial things without being burned up or being harmed by the beams of the sun. So that's a very positive thing that's going to help everything run a lot smoother. Um, because before, when Mercury was in Leo, it was getting burned up by those beams. It wasn't in its chariot. It had no protection. It was very exposed or vulnerable. Um, and like I said, this is going to pro be providing for all of these different planets here. Okay? So that's Mercury in the first, uh, first decan of Virgo. Uh, and of course, we've seen, I talked last week about the Eight of Pentacles. And this is somebody who's working very diligently on their craft. It's an, a card of the apprentice. It's about uh, work ethic. It's about getting down to brass tacks and, and doing the work. And this is going to be a time where, you know, everything's just starting to uh, require you to just get down to business. Leo season is done at the end of the week. Okay, Leo, I mean, it was, it was fun while it lasted, but it's not really necessarily time for fun anymore. It's time for getting down to business. and there is a time for that. And I think that just accepting that and going with it instead of begrudging it is going to really let everything run a lot smoother in your life. Okay. Um, the moon is going to be conjoining Mercury at about 10.22 p.m. that day. And then we're going to have the next of our trines where the sun is going to be making its trine to Uranus. Everything must trine. I feel like I'm in like a, uh, you know, furniture commercial everything must go everything must trine so now we're going to see our sense of identity our sense of authority our ability to command action uh, getting a little boost by its trying to uranus this may be we, we may be feeling a, a new sense of accomplishment or a new sense of identity that comes through our ability to restructure our life and, and to uh, reskill um, this is a really great um, innovative quality and energy for reskilling yourself and really committing to a new course of study or something like that. And shameless plug, I do have a new class starting on September 23rd, Domiciles and Deities, uh, if you're in the local Ann Arbor area and you want to learn more about traditional astrology in a very fun and game-based way. Check out the link in the description if you like that and email me at Show astrology at gmail.com if you have any questions shameless plug over with uh so when the sun is this now the sun is in the terms of mercury as well so uh there's going to be a, a kind of a mercurial quality to our identities uh we are going to be searching again for more freedom this may also be a time where we want to break free from some authority in our life um, but in general with the trine it's a positive type of way that we're experiencing that solar authority and its relationship with Uranus. Now, you may be getting some surprises this week. Uh, with Uranus, it always kind of speaks to the unexpected on some level. Uh, but those surprises with all the trines may actually be good. Okay, these they may be nice surprises this week. Not all surprises are nice. Um, but there may be some things this week that are like, oh, well, that's a pleasant little surprise. I didn't expect that. And it doesn't have to be a big surprise with, with Virgo uh, placements. They may be the little things in life. There may be little, little surprises that happens, little moments that give you uh, humble inspiration. I think that's uh, one of the things with Sun in Virgo trying Uranus there is there's some humility involved with it. Um, some of the things I wrote in my notes were flashes of intelligence and brilliance, 
progressive leadership. So maybe you're able to take some leadership in your life in a very humble service orientated way uh, that is very progressive because it's making a contact with, with Uranus there. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Friday. Let's move forward into Friday here. As we move into Friday, we are finally in the new moon phase. And this new moon is at six degrees, uh, 40, six degrees, 47 minutes of Virgo. You can see in my chart, it's a little bit past the full moon, but that full moon is happening about 6.37 a.m. And this is when we are seeing the germination of the new karmic seed. Uh, this is where it, it's a trigger point where we're getting new impulses, we're getting new events that are going to be struggling to take form over the course of the new moon cycle. Um, yes, it is a, a time for setting intentions and things like that, but I think those intentions are just going to be bubbling up from the subconscious anyway. Yes, you may have to get down to work to manifest those things into reality, but I, I want to reiterate uh, my thoughts about new moons, and they're not just like, oh, you just get to ask and get whatever you want. I don't think it works that way. I think it just triggers a new cycle of karmic events in your life that you have to deal with. Um, and yes, you can be a little bit proactive about that, um, but, but I would not think of new moons as like, oh, it's just like uh, time to send my Christmas list to the universe. I, I, I don't really believe that, and you're fr free to disagree with me on that. Um, but I think if we think of it like that, we won't get so bent out of shape if things crop up that aren't to our liking. Okay. I think this is the mature way of dealing with a new moon is yes, we can try to initiate things that we desire, but we can also understand that it's like our, our cosmic assignment for the next moon cycle is being given to us. And I'm pause for emphasis there, the new cosmic assignment of the work that needs to be done. And I emphasize work for this particular new moon too, because Virgo season is all about getting down to work. What is the new work that you're going to need to do to prepare for the winter? What kind of you know, frenetic energy are you going to have to do to start getting yourself in good shape so that you have enough to survive maybe the, the impending shortages that, that inevitably come with winter? It, you know, fortune favors the prepared. I think that's the, the thing to realize about this new moon is how are you going to become prepared for the next cycle of energy? And how are you going to get down to work and get down to business to make sure that you're going to set yourself up for success? Uh, this new moon makes an, an enormous amount of contacts. Uh, it's going to be trining Uranus. So there's some innovative quality, perhaps even a slightly unexpected quality to this new moon. There may be some things that get shaken up a little bit. And then it's, you know, successively going to be making, I'm sorry, conjunctions to both Mars and Venus. And it's also sitting at the table with the toast, Mercury. So this is going to be, this new moon is going to trigger, it's like I said, this is triggering many different areas of life at once. And that can feel a little bit overwhelming. The, the downside of all this Virgo energy is we get a little bit frenetic. Our mind gets a little bit cluttered up. And we may feel some anxiety about things. That was one of the uh, flaws that have generally been associated with Virgo is a little bit of an anxious 
anxiety type of energy. And I think where that anxiety comes from is seeing all the work that needs to be done before the winter and feeling overwhelmed about getting it all done. And also when you have an awareness of the impending winter, you have this kind of like, uh, oh, I don't know, what would you call it? Urgency. You have a sense of urgency that, oh my God, I'm aware of the winter. I better make hay while the sun's still shining and get this stuff done while, before it's really cold and before I'm snowed under and before everything starts to decay around me. Uh, so if you're feeling that sense of urgency, I think it's okay to, to follow those impulses to get things done, but try not to overdo it. Realize that I think if you make uh, your actions and you take your actions in a way that is balanced and a way that is um, measured, you're going to be able to get more done than if you just you know, are running around like a chicken with your head cut off and, and worrying about everything. A lot of times the anxiety we feel gets alleviated when we just start doing things. I know this is uh, true for the procrastinators in the world too, I, I being one of them. I was so worried about something being perfect or being overwhelmed by it that I would just stare at the ceiling when I had things to do when I was younger. And I've realized that to alleviate that feeling of dread, because I couldn't allow myself to do anything else, that I just need to start doing something. And as I start doing it, as I go through, the pain of procrastination is worse than the pain of actually doing something. Actually doing it alleviates that pain. So that's, I think that's one thing to keep in mind with this new moon. Just get down to business and you won't feel, you'll feel a lot less anxious if you're actually taking some concrete steps towards your next, uh, your next goal or plan. Okay. Uh, in addition, like I said, we've got that square with Jupiter. So it's activating all these aspects we've been talking about over the week. The opposition to Neptune, the square with Jupiter, uh, you know, the trine also with Saturn. So th there's really, everything is kind of getting involved here. I'm not even seeing any planet that is not involved in an aspect now. You see that? How incredible is that? Everything is involved here. All this Virgo stuff is either trining, opposing, or squaring everything in the sky. Nothing is in aversion anymore. Everything is working together in this cosmic symphony, this music of the spheres. That's kind of a beautiful thing. I'm just taking a moment to appreciate that and how everything is kind of interconnected in the sky this week. Um, and take a moment to appreciate that in your life as, you're, as everything is competing for your attention at once. Uh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about Venus in the second decan. Because if you notice here now, uh, Venus is in the second decan of Virgo. And we'll talk about the tarot card associated with that a little bit, which is the six of wands. I'm going to stop my share for a minute here. Oops. Okay, so you can see me. So here is the nine of wands. And here we see a lovely woman uh, with uh, adorned in a fancy garment which has kind of the symbol of flowers that look sort of like Venus, which is apropos because this Deccan is ruled by Venus. And she is in a beautiful garden, and she has a, uh, a falcon that is blindfolded uh, sitting on her hand. And she seems to be enjoying a little respite in her very luxurious garden. She's maybe done some of the 
the hard work of the apprentice and enjoying some of the fruits of her labor. Um, also, the falcon is important. And I think this is one of the, the themes of this card. We are still in a Virgo decan. Uh, we're still concerned with questions of efficiency and sorting things into categories and eliminating what doesn't serve us anymore. And that falcon's important. Now the apprentice has become skilled, all right? It takes a lot of time and, and training to, to train a, a falcon to, I don't know, hunt for you, to eliminate the vermin that may want to uh, spoil all of the storehouses that you've worked so hard to, to fill and to all of the crops that you've grown over the summer. So this is about training your inner falcon or your outer one <laughs> if you're into falconry. <laughs> and it can be your metaphorical falcon. It's training the impulse to be able to eliminate the things that, that don't serve you and that aren't um, part of uh, uh, your goals moving into the winter. So this is about really refining your projects. And be beauty is going to be enhanced by Venus being in her own Deccan. Okay, so this is about seeing the, the balance and the beauty and the aesthetic of form and being able to eliminate what is counteracting that beauty and form um, by using our, our, inner, our inner falcon. Okay. Um, so something to consider as Venus moves into the second deck, and she'd gain some dignity there, all right? Okay, uh, this face was called gain in book T in, in the book of Toth. Um, it also, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me as I was researching this, I like to read a couple different things. I, I like to read the book T and, and Austin Kopic's 36 Faces book. One of the things he described in it that I thought was really interesting was this Deccan being associated with um, Hephaestus, the, uh, the, the um, what was he called? The, um, oh, the blacksmith, that's the word I'm looking for. Because uh, Austin calls this the hammer and the anvil. And Hephaestus was the, the uh, cosmic blacksmith creating things. Um, he was said to be kind of ugly, but also creating things very beautiful. And he was at one point married to Aphrodite. So there is some beauty in crafting uh, in the flames and hammering things into, into form, okay? And it's about the balance of, of beauty and ugliness and uh, about really putting the beauty of hard work, I think, is, is something that uh, really comes to mind with this, the efficiency, um, setting high standards for what you're doing um, without making them impossible standards. I think this is really the decan of quality control. Uh, so it's kind of saying what is uh, what within your project needs to uh, be worked on to make it run at its peak efficiency. Okay, so that's the nine of pentacles. Um, the weekend, if I share my screen one more time here, we're coming to the end of our video here. Thanks for hanging with me. Really appreciate it. I'm trying to get these out a little faster for you so you don't have to you know, make a two hour commitment to listen to them. I know that's a lot of time. I appreciate your attention though. As we move into uh, Saturday, uh, we're going to see the moon moving into Libra at the end of the day. And really the only aspect we're seeing is the moon making a trine to Pluto. So this again is going to be triggering that 
you know, bringing up those, those power dynamics, uh, bringing up the issues from the, the depths. But in this time, this time it might be in a more supportive way. Uh, the things that you learned at the opposition, you may be able to integrate them more into your life. They may be supporting you of the nature of Jupiter rather than, than feeling like a limitation. Uh, so that's something that's happening on Saturday, the 31st. That's really the only aspect we've got going on that day. We're still in that new moon phase. Uh, that's going to be throughout the, the whole weekend here. Um, and as we move to Sunday, as we move to Sunday, uh, we are seeing Mercury's trying with Uranus. Everything must trine. Everything must trine. Uranus. Okay. Um, that's where we get really some really beautiful flashes of inspiration. And of course, when Mercury is trining Uranus, everything is affected. The sun's affected. Mars is affected. Venus is affected. This could be a really, uh, really inspiring uh, aspect because we may be really starting to see how all the pieces start to fit together, uh, how, all, how everything, all the little changes that we're making are affecting all the different areas of our life. And um, we may really have some, uh, a lightning quick intellect or mind. We may get flashes of inspiration. We may become very inventive. Uh, we have uh, additional flexibility of the mind and the tongue. You may be able to communicate things a lot easier than you would have in the past. Uh, in addition, you may feel a little restless. You may have some overstimulation. Uh, there's a, a prominent trickster energy to, to Mercury, so be on guard for um, playing too many practical jokes on your friends with this aspect or your family. Um, and I think this is the, the notes that I put for this was the skill of Mercury and all these Virgo placements are meeting the fertile ground the new fertile ground of Uranus that we're trying to, to, you know, dredge up with plowing the fields of Taurus. So this is where skill meets uh, a fertile ground. Uh, it's kind of the, the tools of harvest, like the scythe meeting the, the grain, okay? Uh, it's like the, the, oh, I don't know, the shovel digging into the new ground and, and turning over uh, a beautiful um, piece of, I don't know, humus or loamy soil. And you can see that it's, it's teeming with life and worms and it's well aerated and things like that. And there's a satisfaction with using that perfect tool to kind of dredge up the ground and break up all the, the soil and get rid of the weeds and things like that. And that may be this moment that you feel some real satisfaction in, in the work that you've been doing. Towards the end of the day, uh, we are seeing a trine between Venus and Saturn here at 14 degrees. Another positive aspect. There's a lot of positive aspects this week. This feels like it's going to be a good week, uh, or at least one that we feel pretty uh, like we're making, finally making some progress, at least towards the end of this week here. Um, now, combination of Venus and Saturn. This is an interesting one, too. Venus, of course, associated with cleanliness. Saturn, in the tradition, was, had some significations of things that were dirty and disgusting and, like, repulsive. Uh, so this may be another moment where we are helping to bring cleanliness to places of disrepair. So this may be a really good time to, you know, really finish off your, your 
efficiency pro- projects. Maybe this will be the time where I finally, you know, I've cleaned out all the junk in the attic and I donate half of it to the thrift store or something like that, you know. Uh, I like the combination of Venus and Saturn uh, with, with cleaning up the messes in our life. So this may be a really positive aspect for cleaning up the mess. Um, in relationships, if we look at it from a different angle, this is a, a, a quality of endurance that comes in, a quality of commitment, uh, of sobering up our relationships. So there may be something where we really get a reality check within the way that we're relating to people, but it's a good one. It's a good reality check. Again, when we have positive contacts with Saturn, we are learning about limitation and be able to grow within those limitations and eliminating the things uh, in a healthy way that aren't serving us anymore. This brings a little bit of stability to Venus, right? Uh, now, Saturn is retrograde right now, so there's a little bit of a, that's a little challenging. Um, Saturn isn't functioning as well as it could if it was direct, but of course those outer planets go retrograde for you know at least half or a third of the year. If they're outer planets, they move really slow, so it's not uncommon. Um, it, it may With the retrograde nature, though, there may be a, a quality of having to kind of submit or surrender to the Saturnian uh, impulse that's coming in. Um, because this, the planet itself is, is going in diurnal motion, retrograde, it's you know, of the nature of the divine rather than using its own planetary will. You see what I'm saying? When it's in zodiacal motion, the planetary will is expressed and it, it's, more, it's easier for them to bring about their significations here on Earth. But when it's of the nature of the divine here going in retrograde motion, it kind of has to surrender its energy to divine will. And the planet isn't always happy, but it's like a positive course correction that can help you to figure out uh, sort of the purpose behind what you're doing. And then when it goes forward again, you can maybe take actions that are more uh, a true expression of your higher self. So something to keep in mind with uh, when we have trines to the retrograde planets or any contacts with retrograde planets in general. Um, The last two aspects of the day are a square from the moon to Saturn. So yes, we have that Venus thing that's kind of nice earlier in the day, but then we've got this lunar thing that's maybe bringing a little bit of tension. And it is, of course, in the sign of relationships and balance and justice and fairness. So there may be something that feels a little bit out of whack or out of balance or a little unfair, maybe from some sort of authority figure or from some sort of system that's greater than ourselves. You know, Saturn and Capricorn is maybe the, the, the great bureaucracy. Maybe we come across something where we have to surrender or have a little bit of a conflict with some sort of bureaucratic red tape in our life. And that may cause a little bit of attention. Um, I always suggest with the moon and Libra, use our good Venus harmonizing skills and be patient and try to use your manners to get, get through that challenge. And that might be something to think about on Sunday. The last aspect of the day that we have is a sextile from the moon to Jupiter. And that is a fairly positive thing where that helps maybe alleviate some of the, the, the junk that we may be dealing with with that square to Saturn. This brings a little bit of optimism and hope into play and uh, a little bit of help, okay? It's really helping. Jupiter's like, oh, I'll help. Oh, you're going into the bureaucracy? Here's, here's some sort of gift, you know, with the sextile there. So that's really the aspects that we have for the week. Uh, looking ahead... Next week, we have, uh, it's Kazemi week next week, where Mars and Mercury are going to be conjoining the sun at various points uh, and rebirthing uh, 
different parts of their cycle. Um, we have a number of aspects too. We have Venus squaring Jupiter. Um, we have Mercury conjoining Mars, uh, Venus opposing Neptune, Mercury trining Saturn, a square with Mercury and Jupiter, the Sun trines Saturn, um, Venus trines Pluto. We have a Mercury opposition with Neptune. The Sun is squaring Jupiter, and then of course Mercury is going to be making a trine with Pluto towards the end of the week. So that's kind of looking ahead. You know, some some Kazemi action, some rebirths, and uh, a bunch of aspects with these uh, mutable planets um, that we are seeing with this kind of T-square thing perfecting. Okay. So that is your weekly forecast. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, and of course, uh, I do have a class that's starting in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the 23rd of September, Domiciles and Deities, where we're going to be doing some interactive role-playing, learning all of these techniques that I've been talking about in the, the videos and, and kind of embodying the planets. Um, the basic gist of it is that we're going to have, uh, we're going to be playing out as not necessarily just as the planets, but as as daimons, okay, as uh, intermediaries between the planets and the mortal worlds. And a lot of our actions are going to be helping to bring the planetary impulse to the mortal that we're trying to help uh, give witness and testimony to. So it'll be, it'll be a really interesting experience, I think. I'm having a lot of fun uh, designing the mechanics around it. It's very challenging as well, trying to bring a, a complete system like Hellenistic and traditional astrology to uh, a sort of game model has its own unique challenges to, to be true to the system itself and to make it fun and playable for the players. Um, but I've been getting a lot of really nice advice from various people in my life, and I want to give a shout out to them if they're listening. They know who they are. And uh, thank you for all your help. And I think we're going to have a really good time with this class. I'm very excited about it. And I think it's going to be something really unique and innovative and, and be something that will help people uh, really learn in a way that isn't just um, hearing someone talk at them. They're going to learn by doing. And that's, that's so Virgo, right? <laughs> learn by doing. All right. Um, and if you like these videos, be sure to subscribe and share them with your friends on your social medias. Um, I've also been putting a donate, kind of a donate kind of button or a tip jar, so to speak, with a, a Venmo link. If you want to leave me a tip for these videos, uh, there's a Venmo link and a PayPal me link where you can just put a few bucks in there. That actually really helps me to make these videos. And, and uh, I put a lot of time and effort into these. And uh, I did get a nice little tip last week. And I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for that. Um, and it really does. Uh, it's very meaningful to me that people are paying attention and appreciate these things. So thank you. And uh, I hope that you all have a really good day and a good week ahead. So I will sign off here. This is Spencer Michaud, and have a good week, everyone. Take care.